Well, welcome. We're glad that you are here. I, I tell you what, why don't you, um, if you need a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. You can grab one of those. Uh, if you have your Version app, you can open that up, and all our notes are on there as well. So you, you can pull your phones out and, and go along with that. The scripture today that we're going to be going through is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And it's important that you have the Bible in front of you. Um, as we have been doing since January, we've been looking at the book of Luke. And we've been going through and, and seeing how Jesus lived his life. I think it's, it's very good that as Church Project, how old are we now? Like a year and a half, two years old. As, as we are growing and as we are still a, a brand new church body meeting together, what better things to study than how Jesus actually walked on the earth and how he taught us. And, and we can model that. And so we've just now hit chapter 5. So if you've been with us through the first four verses or first four chapters, it's taken a while to get here, but here we are. We're in chapter 5. Have you guys been enjoying this? Yeah, I, I love scripture. I say this every week. I, I think if there's one thing that, that I can do as your pastor more than anything, what my prayer and my hope is, is that this, is this Bible that's sitting on your lap or on your phone or wherever you're looking at it right now, you begin to really love that. You begin to really dig into the words of that. We will show you, and I think God has some amazing things for us today in these first 11 verses. We're going to go through those. However, you can do this as well. Do you know that? I hope you feel the freedom to go home. Grab your Bible, open it up, start studying it, asking God and the Holy Spirit to teach you some amazing things because he will. Do you, do you believe that? That God will teach you some amazing things if you ask him? Yes, absolutely. And so here we are. I am, I am uh, excited to give this message today and I hope I don't yell. But if I start to yell, um, Ron, it's your job. Stand up and throw something at me. What? He'll turn me down if I yell. Okay, thanks. He'll turn me. Yeah, that's the power of the sound man back there. I love it. So if I start yelling, just, just, just bear with me. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm real excited about the verses that we have today. I've been praying for them all week. Um, in fact, I, I kind of want to let you know a little bit of how it works. Okay, on, on Sundays, uh, I usually go home and take a nap because I'm lazy. So I go home and I take a nap. I sleep, sleep away my afternoon. I don't know if I'll do that today. Um, but I go home and sleep. And then Monday, I wake up. I read through the upcoming verses that we're about to go through. And on Monday at noon, I go and sit with two guys uh, that are theologian and smart and wise. And, and we kind of look through the scripture and, and they kind of point out things for me. And, and I'm like, this is incredible. And then I, I kind of chew on that on Monday. Then Tuesday comes around and I have this standing meeting with my grandpa. And my grandpa planted many churches. He's been a pastor for many years. And, and he then just begins to go through the same verses that, that I've been chewing on and two other guys have been chewing on and it's a really good time because I get a lot of perspective. So Monday, uh, we didn't get to do it this week. So I was kind of blind, you know, walking into my grandpa meeting and I walk in and he just has the door unlocked. So I open the door and walk in. He's sitting in his chair and he has his Bible open. He has his coffee ready to go. He has my coffee ready to go. <laughs> and I'm going, uh oh, <laughs> this, this, this could be a, a powerful little meeting. I walk in and he looks at me and he goes, Aaron, Let's pray. I'm like, oh, no small talk, nothing, huh? And he, so we, we begin to pray through the scripture, and, and then, and then um, he, we, we're done praying, and he goes, okay, Aaron, read these 11 verses. So I open up the Bible. I read these 11 verses. He says, what did you see? 
Like, what, what's, what secrets are God, is God whispering to you in these 11 verses? And I tell him, you know, I'm like, this is, these are good verses, Grandpa. I'm excited for them. And so I tell him my, my little thoughts, and he goes, oh, that's good. I'm like, oh, no, man. That's not, I mean, come on, you know? And so he goes, can I, can I tell you what I saw? I'm like, uh-huh. And then for the next hour... I, am, I don't know if you've ever seen Danny's notes. Danny, raise your hand back there. If you've ever seen his notes, they're like this big. They're so tiny. I needed about six pages and Danny there because my grandpa went on this rampage of just knowledge and wisdom and the Holy Spirit. And it was so thick in there. I even, in the middle of him talking at one point, I didn't know if he was breathing because he was just excelling the whole time. I even snapped a picture of him with my phone because I wanted to remember that moment. And those are the moments that we get weekly. But this week grandpa was on fire so you're getting grandpa's message today is that all right so grandpa you're listening on the internet this is for you okay uh luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11 i'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna jump right in god thank you for bringing us here we pray that we see you in the scripture that's it amen i'm excited uh, to get into this, so let's just jump right in. Uh, Luke chapter 5, verses, verse 1 is where we'll start. I'm reading out of the, the uh, voice version, so it'll be similar or, or a little different, but <laughs> Jenny got way excited, so here we go. While Jesus was standing by the lake of Jen... Man, I said, I haven't practiced this word, okay? Genesaret. We'll just say that. Can I tell you this? It's also known as the Sea of Galilee. So why don't we just say that, okay? While Jesus was standing by the, by the Sea of Galilee, many people pushed to get near him. They wanted to hear the word of God. Verse 2. Jesus saw the boats on the shore. The fishermen were not there because they were washing their nets. Verse 3. And Jesus got into a boat which belonged to Simon. Jesus asked him to push it out a little way from the land. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. I'm going to pause right here. There's a whole lot that we could go through right here. Like what jumped out in your mind when you, when you were reading this? What things, what words jumped out at you? How was God speaking to you? I got to tell you some things that, that jumped out at me. The very first thing is, it says, while Jesus was standing by, by the Sea of Galilee, many people pushed to get near him. Not sure what your version says, but the voice says, people pushed to get near Jesus. Today, in a very real way, as church project, what are we doing as this, as this ecclesia, as this body of Christ? What are we doing? We are pushing to get near Jesus Christ. It was the same over 2,000 years ago as it is today. We want to get near Jesus Christ. I had the opportunity to go to Haiti uh, last year and kind of scout out our mission trip. This year, we're going to be taking our trip to, uh, to Haiti for our missions. And, and I remember going to one remote village. We went to one remote village, and I can't even pronounce it, so I won't even try. You already know I can't pronounce things. So we go to this church building, and it's a very, very tiny church building. And I don't know if you've been to a, a church service on in other countries, but this one was probably six and a half hours long. Uh, not that long, but it felt long. And, and why it felt long, par- partly is this, is I like my personal space. Don't come like get in my face a whole lot. Like, right here is fine. I'll hug you, but I like it right here. There were so many people that came from, I don't know where, that were trying to crowd into this church building, uh, and, and then we began to worship, and I saw people in their faces. They were so hungry to hear the word of God, and all they wanted to do was get together and push near to Jesus Christ. 
What would it look like in our life to push near to Jesus Christ every single day? We're so excited even to gather as the ecclesia, as the body of Christ, and to push near to him. And so we see these people. Jesus is standing near the Sea of Galilee. People are pushing to get near to him. Once you've been near Jesus, nothing else compares. Can I repeat that? Once you've been near Jesus, nothing else compares. When your marriage reflects the marriage that Jesus wants, nothing else compares. When your identity is found in who Jesus says you are instead of what your hands are doing, nothing else compares. Once you know his love, once you hear his voice, nothing else compares. And so as we put ourselves in, in, in these people's shoes and they're seeing Jesus at the Sea of Galilee teaching this good news, the gospel, proclaiming this, people are pushing near to him because nothing else compares in their life. How are we today? Is Jesus close to our heart? Are we pushing near to him? I want to hear his voice every single day. I want to push into who he is. And so, let's, let's continue to look. Jesus is standing there. He's, he's teaching by the Sea of Galilee. People are pushing into him. And then, verse 2, Jesus saw two boats on the shore. The fishermen were not there because they were washing their nets. What are the fishermen doing? They're, they're washing their nets. What is everyone else doing? They are pushing in to where Jesus is. In my sense, I don't know if the, if the fishermen knew that Jesus was there. But I, I, I kind of like look at this and I compare it to my life. And I go, how many times is Jesus there and people are pushing into him and we're seeing miracles and he's teaching and the good news. And I'm so preoccupied with cleaning my nets that I don't get to spend time with Jesus. How many of us, we get preoccupied in our work, in our schools, in what we dress, and what we look like, whatever it may be, but we're not pushing into Jesus. He's right there, but we're missing him. And so I look at these fishermen. They weren't there because they were washing their nets. And in verse 3, this is good news for you. And this is good news for me. Because this is, this is, I love this verse. Jesus got into the boat, which belonged to Simon, who was also a fisherman. Jesus asked him to push it out a little way from the land. Then he sat down and taught people from the boat because there were so many people he had to get away from them. They were pushing into him so much. Here is good news for you. Jesus called on Simon. Jesus said, there's so many people. They're pushing in. I'm telling this good news. I need an escape route. I need to speak into someone's life. Simon, you, come here. Push me out. He called. Jesus looked at Simon and called him by name and said, Simon, I have a purpose for you. I have something incredible for you. In fact, I want to get in your boat, and I want you to push me out. Simon, I'm looking you in the eye, and I'm calling you by name. I wish I could go through and say every one of our names right now, but Jesus is looking at us, and he's saying, I'm calling you by name. Even if you may be preoccupied, no matter where you've come from, no matter what you're doing, I'm looking you in the eye because I love you, and I'm calling you by name. I want to spend time with you. What does that do to your insights? To my insides, I say thank you, Jesus, for looking at me and calling on me. He's calling on us today, and nothing can keep his love from us. I want to repeat that, because some of you, you're in here thinking, like myself at times, yeah, but I've done this. And because I've done this, it's so ugly, God cannot love me. 
Anyone been there? The guilt? Thinking I got to get perfect before I come to the love of Jesus Christ? And Jesus is saying, it doesn't matter. I'm looking you in the eye because I love you and I'm calling you. Push me out in your boat. Man. Amen? Why do we say amen? I don't know, but it's good. Let's go to verse 4 because I got to get going here, okay? When he had finished speaking, he said, Simon, push me out into the deep water. Let down your nets for some fish. Simon said to him, teacher, we have worked all night and we have caught nothing. But because you told me to, I will let the, the nets down. Something that jumped out at me right away as we begin into verse 4 here is when Jesus was done talking, he said, push me out into the deep water. It's scary out in the deep water to be pushed out into the unknown. When Jesus spoke to Simon, said, push me out into the deep water, go out to the deep water, it's the unknown out there, isn't it? Has Jesus ever whispered into your life and asked you to step into the unknown, to go into the deep water? I think of even Lauren and I and our family, Zoe and Audra. I think about our life together and how many times we've been seeking God. And he said, hey, Haven's family, I love you. We're like, thank you, God. And I want you to go into the deep water now. I want you to move to Mexico. Oh, Lauren really liked that one, okay? Go into the unknown. Hey, 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 Haven's family, I want you to start church project in Greeley. Hey, Haven's family, there's been multiple times in our life as a family and in my life personally that Jesus has asked me to go into the deep water to step into the unknown, and it's been a little bit scary. How about you? Has God spoken into your life and said, go into the deep water, go out there, go into the unknown, and, and it's been scary? I can relate to that. Well, let's look and see how Simon responded, okay? Simon said to him, teacher, We have worked all night, and we have caught nothing. So he's a fisherman. This is what he does. He fishes. He Maybe even that night did it in that very spot, right? And Jesus whispers to him, asks him something, and Simon says, teacher, we've done this. (laughs) Teacher, like I've done this before in our life. God, yeah, I tried that, you know, two years ago, but it didn't really work for me. God, I've done this over and over and over again, and God's saying, okay, that's good. I'm glad you have, but this time I am asking you to do this, and because I am asking you to do this, there's going to be something that's different. The outcome is going to be way different. So think about our lives. When God has asked us to go into the deep water, how many of us create multiple excuses not to do something? Been there, done there, tried that, don't have the resources, not talented enough, not smart enough. God, is that really you? Like God is speaking to us and we can come up with so many excuses as to why or why not we will listen and to follow the voice of our king. Is that you? Sometimes that's me. But Simon said the most important thing towards the end of verse 5, he says, but even though I've already tried this fishing right here in this spot, in this water, the way you said, but Because you told me to, I will let down my nets. I'm not 
sure what it looks like in your life. You know, one of the things that I get the opportunity to do in my life is uh, I've been a youth pastor at, at pretty large churches, and, and I've done it a lot of years. And so because of that, I, I now get the opportunity to coach other youth pastors or to speak into the lives of other youth pastors around really the nation. And so we have, usually I have one phone call a week with a youth pastor that's younger, and, and we get to talk, and I get to hear things that I, I smile at immediately. I don't know. Like the youth pastor be saying, Aaron, I got this great idea. I want to try this new thing that, that I think God's asking me to do. And I'm thinking, re-roll my mind, the film that I've played in my, my life. Oh, man, that's going to fail. Like, that's not going to work. Like, you, like, you could say that, but that's going to fail. Like, ever been there? You ever seen someone younger than you or a little inexperienced in something that, that maybe you think you're the professional at, and you've been there and you've done that, and you can tell them the outcome and all this stuff? Simon is right here, and, and Jesus looks at him, and he goes, you've been there, you've done that, but I am speaking. This time, the outcome is going to be completely different in your life. Jesus is testing Simon. If you know this? He's testing Simon. And not only that, Jesus has so much love for Simon, he allows him to question him. You see that? I mean, look, look at this scripture. Jesus gives him a command, and Simon goes, Ah, Jesus, are you sure? And Jesus is like, yep, yep, I'm sure. And he doesn't strike him dead for questioning him. He loves him so much that he, Jesus lets Simon even question him a little bit for what happens at the end. But Simon did what Jesus asked. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think of Luke chapter 16, and you can just write this down. We're going to get to it in maybe two years at this pace. But later on in in Luke, we're going to get to chapter 16. And and in chapter 16, it talks about talents, and God's given you talents. and, And some of us will hide them and bury them, and some of us will actually use them. And God will say, you know, you've been faithful in a little, and I'm going to give you much. See, when Jesus speaks, the important thing here is Peter, what did Peter do? He said, I've been there, I've done there, I've tried that, but you're speaking, so I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to do what you said. And that's a beautiful thing, because we're going to see what happens. Let's go to verse 6. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets started to break. Verse 7. They called to their friends. They're like, hey, you guys, get over here. Bring your boats. Like, come on. We need help. And they came with their boats, and they were so full of fish that the boats began to sink. What would have happened if Peter had been like, God, you're all wise, you're all knowing, like, you love me, I get this, but man, I have tried my nets there, and it's not going to work. Like, that's just the way it is. What would have happened? How many times in my life have I been like, God, I hear you, you crazy, I don't know. I'm not going to cast my nets. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to risk this. I'm not going into the unknown. Like, I don't got time. You know, I'm supposed to go on a camel ride here in a little bit. You know, or something. What would have happened if Peter would have done that? See, we get here, and when I follow the voice of the king, life makes sense. When I follow the voice of Jesus and what he's asking and what he's saying, life makes sense. And it may not be at that moment. I bet Peter's rowing out there. This is my interpretation. Don't, okay. He's rowing out there. He's like, I'm going in the stinking deep water again. Here we go. You know, he's rowing out there thinking, he's crazy. What are you talking about? And then all of a sudden, bam, this huge fruitful of fish are coming there. How many times in my life have, have I ignored the voice of the king? But when I follow that voice, it makes sense. And it might not, in that moment when I'm rolling out, but it's going to make sense eventually. We just have to trust God in this. 
Now, a lot of us, we're gonna, we, we could take this and really butcher scripture right here. And there's, there's, some, there's some teachings out there that could really take this and butcher it. Saying when you follow the voice of the king, your boats are always going to be full. Like you're going to be rolling in a Mercedes all the time. Like you're no worries. You're going to have the nicest clothes. I've been around a lot of people that have a lot of money uh, from the Woodlands, Texas or various places. Millionaires. I've been around millionaires a lot. I've seen the nicest clothes. I've seen the nicest cars. I've seen people take extravagant vacations and yet all along, all along their hearts are so empty and so void because money and things and stuff does not fill a need. Would you agree? But yet we still drive by those nice houses and we still covet and we still, we still look at them and say, God, how come you're not blessing me? You're not blessing me. The blessing here is not the fish. The blessing is Peter was able to listen to the voice of the king and follow him through and look what happened because he listened to the voice of the king. But do you think he still would have been amazed if there was no fish that came up? What do you think? That's a good house church question, by the way. Oh, by the way, we're not having house church this week. It's first Wednesday. So come eat fajitas and it's going to be awesome. Life on our terms is like a sinking boat. When it's up to me to call the shots, it's going to get empty really, really quick. And I think one thing that God has shown us here in these two verses especially is that Jesus can be trusted. Let's say that again. Jesus can be trusted. He sees Peter where he's at. He looks him in the eye. He calls him out. He gives him a simple command that's almost a little test. Peter says, you may be a little crazy, but it's your voice, so I'm going to do it. And Jesus provides this massive amount of fish. And what secret does that whisper to you and me today? That Jesus can be trusted. Verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he got down at, um, at the feet of Jesus and he said, Go away from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. This right here is where you need to sit up. This right here is where you need to get your highlighter. This right here is where you need to get your Twitter ready and your Facebook ready. Because this right here is worth the posts, okay? Because this right here is, is the meat, I think, of what Jesus is showing us in all of these verses. And especially jumped out at me as my grandpa, almost through tears, could not wait to get it out to me. And, and God has been working in my life through this, this whole entire week. But verse 8, let's read this again. And I want you to think about this. And I even want you to pray about this. For God will show you some cool things through this. When Simon Peter saw it, he got down at the feet of Jesus. He said, go away from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. Humble person is produced from the fellowship of Jesus Christ. A humble person is produced from the fellowship of Jesus Christ. And in fact, I'll even go as bold as to say this. If you come across someone that isn't humble and that hasn't been humbled, I really wonder if they've seen the face of our King, Jesus Christ. Because when you see the face of the King and you hear the voice of Jesus Christ, humility is grown from who Jesus is and how great He is and how little we are not. We do not compare to the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And once 
we've encountered that power and the love of Jesus Christ, the world that we knew it, as grand and as big as we think it is, suddenly becomes very, very small because nothing else matters except pressing in to who Jesus is and being around his voice. And when we're around his voice, what happens? We become to realize how small we are and how great his love for us and how much we need his love in our life. Amen. Because that's our story. When Aaron Havens walks around as a very, very proud person, Proverbs 16.8 says, Pride comes before a destruction. If you come across someone that is very, very proud, and especially a Christian that is very, very proud, deep inside I want you to ask this question, have they really seen the voice of the king? Because the king that I've seen is so big that when I hear his voice and I see his eyes, I can't help but be humbled and to say, God, I worship you because you are almighty. When we come together and we sing, even this morning, I I loved having the kids in here for an extended amount of time because I heard their voices. And as parents, we get to train them up on how to sing and to tell God how awesome he is and to worship him with our voices. It's when we come together and we worship him. It's nothing more than us saying, God, you are holy. God, you are amazing. You are awesome. You are full of wonder. And in your presence, I can't do anything but bow down. So Peter, he comes across Jesus. Jesus looks at him, calls him out, says, here's a little test. Peter listens to his voice. He about sinks his boat because the amount of fish coming in. He calls his friends to help him get the fish in. They go back to the shore. And I can imagine Peter walking up to Jesus and just falling at his feet saying, Holy, holy, holy are you, God, powerful, mighty. I've never seen anything so powerful in my life. Have you come to the conclusion that Jesus was right when he said you can do nothing without him and you can do everything with him? As in John 15. Have you come to that conclusion in your life? Next week, we have the opportunity, and I'm, I'm way too excited for this, but we're having our very first baptism at Church Project. Baptism, when people come to the point where they surrender their life to Jesus Christ, and Jesus says, be baptized. It's a public display of, of the love and, and what you've done, the decision that you've made in your life to show others that Jesus is first place in your life, and you've surrendered control to him. So next week, we have our very first baptism right here. And these are people, and maybe this is you, and this is a question for all of us. These are people that have come to the conclusion that they can't do anything without Jesus Christ. And with Jesus, they can do whatever Jesus asks of them. Verse 9, 10, and 11. And we're going to wrap this up because I'm hot. Are you hot? I'm really hot. Verse 9. He and all those with him were surprised and wondered about the many fish. James and John, the son of Zebedee, were surprised also. They were looking together, or they were working together with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for men. When they came and landed their boats, they left everything. And what did they do? They followed him. So in this 
quick little story. We see Peter being called out by Jesus because Jesus' love was seeking after him. Thank you, God, for seeking us, for loving us. And then Jesus gives him a little, a little command, a, li- a little test, a little word. And Peter says, I, I hear your voice. Man, I make sense completely right now, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to follow you. So Peter follows him. The boat's about sink because of the blessing that's happening, because he listened to the voice of Jesus. Comes back to the shore, falls on his face, says, God, you're holy. You're holy. You're awesome. Life on my own, on my terms, has not been good. But look what you do, God. And Jesus says, I love you, Peter. I love you so much. Don't be afraid. Because that was fish. Now you can fish for men. Follow me. And what do they do? They followed him. When they follow him... I see this story and I think of Peter. I think, okay, if I'm Peter, Jesus proved himself to me. How about you? Jesus proved himself to me. And he's not asking me to to follow him blindly. See, Jesus isn't asking any of us to follow him blindly. Oh, no. I mean, just go hike in the mountains if you want to see some majesty and and question who God is. I mean, we're in Colorado. I'm going to go. See, God's not asking any of us to follow him blindly. He will show himself to you. If you're wrestling with God right now, I hope you continue to wrestle with God because he's so powerful that he will break through any excuses that you have and he will show his power and his love to you. So he's not asking us to follow him blindly. And then Peter, what does he do? He follows him. As cool as things are in my life, material things, whatever it may be, nothing compares to following Jesus Christ. It's a joy. I want us all, if we could right now, uh, maybe just close up, close up your Bible. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, I'm going to pray for us. And this is a time where you really get to be honest. And this is a time where it's not about church project. It's, it's not about us. But it's you and your liberating king. And it's time spent with him right now. See, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is in this place and he's working right now. He's whispering to our hearts and to our minds. He's highlighting things. He's maybe making your heart jump a little faster. And God is speaking things to each and every one of us. The worst thing that I could do right now as your pastor is to give you step one, step two, and step three on how to worship God. That would be the worst thing I could do for you because there are no steps. God does amazing things. And wherever you're at right now, he's looking at you and he's saying, I love you and I want to show myself to you. So we're going to go into a time of of just worship and prayer. We're going to sing to God. And maybe we'll sing to him in a different way, out of a different light. We'll sing to him like we were just Peter. Right? And we just saw the good that God produced in our life out of nothing. We'll see that God loves us. And we're coming to the shore. And we're looking at our king in the face. And we're falling down saying, holy, holy, holy are you, God. Maybe some of us will worship in a new way simply because of that today. I want to invite you to worship God, whatever that may be.
We're going to have a couple guys up here that will pray with you. There's communion back on your right. Communion is so beautiful because you can go and take a piece of bread that represents the body of Christ and dip it in the grape juice that represents His blood and what He did on the cross for us. He, he died for us so that He can give us life and hope. And so my question is, have you come to the conclusion that you can't do anything without the love of Jesus Christ in your life? Some of us, we need to talk to one of these men up here and say, I've never given my life to Jesus Christ and I want to do so today. Because you're right. Life on my own kind of stinks. And I need help with this. I've done wrong and I'm separated from the love of Jesus Christ. But I don't want to be anymore. I'm going to ask us right now um, to stand. And if you're, if you're comfortable with it, just put your hands out in front of you. Just open. Palms pointed up. Just get this image in your head of Jesus is standing right before you. And he's looking you in the eye. And he's saying, child, I love you. And we hold out our hands and, and we accept, we receive what God is whispering to us. Are you struggling today with your identity? Ask your king to show you who you are. Are you struggling with some problem in your life? Ask the king to help you through that right now. Right now. Or maybe as you picture Jesus in front of you, all you can do is say, God, you are holy. You are awesome. Just hold out your hands and praise to him. Whatever this moment is for you and God, let it be special. These men will pray with you. There's communion over to your right. Maybe it's you just singing and holding your hands out to God, saying, God, you're holy, holy, holy. Maybe it's just sitting down and crying. Maybe it's kneeling. I don't know what it is. But don't let this moment slip by without seeing the, the face of your king and worshiping him. God, we invite you to have your way with us, every single one of us in this room. Pray that your spirit is so thick, but we can't help to press into who you are and to see who you are, God. Your love is amazing.